I saw my Lord coming. Our God, our God is truly an awesome, awesome God. And he has an awesome plan. And his plan just, just fits together so truly, it just truly amazes me sometimes. And, and what amazes me is, is how it fits together so intricately. And the more you look at the detail of that plan, the more intricate it becomes. How it's so woven together. My prayer tonight is, and for the next few nights, is that you're going to see just a little bit more of that plan and those details and how closely they're knit together. And hopefully you will come to understand and know our awesome God, just a little bit better. Yesterday was Palm Sunday, and it marks the beginning of what we have come to call Holy Week. Now, this is the most important, this is the, the most important time for Christians, most important time of the year. It's even more important than Christmas. Yes. And do we know why they call it Palm Sunday and what all that means? Let's take it. If you, if you have your Bibles with you and you want to follow along with me, I'm going to Matthew chapter 21, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 11. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem, and came to Bethpage, to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them. And he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Now, at this point in Jesus' earthly life, he had set his face toward Jerusalem. <coughs> and there was no turning back. If you were a Jew in, in those days... 
This was the time of the year you simply had to go to Jerusalem. You must go. It was Passover. Passover was coming. But not only that, three feasts occurred during that week, what we call Holy Week. Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits. So three out of the seven happening within one week time frame. So literally thousands and thousands of people would make that trek and journey to Jerusalem for this week. Now Jesus was also going for Passover, but not necessarily for the same reasons as all the other Jews. He was going to celebrate Passover, but he knew what was in store for him at this Passover. Yet, he never turned back. He never hesitated. He pressed on to Jerusalem. Palm Sunday marks the beginning of what we call Holy Week, and it culminates with Resurrection Sunday. Jesus is riding on a donkey's colt, fulfilling yet another prophecy. The people are lined up down both sides of the road, waving palm branches and spreading their cloaks on the road before him. Now, some people tend to focus on the fact that he was riding a donkey and how that points to his humility. Well, I can agree with that. It does point to his humility. But donkeys, believe it or not, were often the choice mount for kings in that day. Throughout the Old Testament, we, I can find, I found quickly, I found three examples of this. And Solomon, for example, made his triumphal entry on his father's mule when, they, when he was anointed king over Israel. Deborah sang about white donkeys in Deborah's song. Uh, Jair, the Gileadite, who judged Israel for 22 years, and when, when I say he judged Israel, this was the time of the judges. He was like a king uh, before they had kings, okay, if that makes sense. He was the ruler, the judge. So he had 30 sons that had 30 donkeys. So riding on a donkey, also David rode donkeys. Six, second Samuel 16.2, they were a gift from, uh, uh, they were a royal gift, let's put it that way, I can't remember the, the royalty that gave it to him, but they gave him a bunch of donkeys, so he rode donkeys. So riding a donkey may point to humility, but I think it also points to kingship and royalty. The scripture says, as Jesus approached Jerusalem, there were crowds of people waving palm branches and shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now this phrase, of course, is where we get the name Palm Sunday. But where, where did that come from? Where did that come from? And, and what exactly does it mean? There are many scholars that declare the triumphal entry of Jesus in Jerusalem with its processions and palms and praises 
echoes the entry of the Maccabees into Jerusalem, which was about a hundred years or so earlier. And they also had a triumphal entry after their victory over the Seleucids, uh, which was kind of a remnant of uh, Alexander the Great, one of the generals, and he divided it up by, you know, there were four generals, and one of them had that section. Anyway, the Maccabees won victory over them, won their, got the temple back, and that was after they came into uh, Jerusalem, it was immediately followed by temple cleansing. That sound familiar? But this cleansing was, of the Maccabees, was actually scrubbing and cleaning because the, uh, the pagans that, that they took everything back from had uh, defiled the temple. And you can find that in 1 Maccabees 13.51 if you'd like to read about it. All of this, of course, <clears throat> like I said, in context with this grand temple cleansing, just as Jesus' entry will be followed by temple cleansing. And we all know what that was. If you look at Matthew's account of the entrance into Jerusalem in Matthew 21, that fits really well. But there's still more to this story. Let's start by reading the Apostle John's account of the story in John 12, uh, beginning at verse 12. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches, went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Hosanna in Hebrew is Hoshana, which means please save. In John, we notice that he's not saying the same thing as Matthew did. He's saying blessed is the king of Israel, the king of Israel. In Matthew, it said blessed is the son of David. Their thoughts he is coming, you know. And their thoughts most likely were, you know, he's going to be our king and he's coming to save us and he's going to save us from this political oppression by the Romans. I'm sure that was their thoughts, but he is coming and he's going to save, but his salvation is not in any way political. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord is actually a quote from Psalm 118. And the huge crowds are chanting this as Jesus rides into Jerusalem. And I, 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 want, I want you to get a, a, a clear picture when I say huge crowd. I want you to know just how big we're talking. Uh, Anybody ever been, I'm sure a lot of you have been to parades around here, but, you know, in Jewett they have one uh, every year at Fall Frolic. They have a parade. You know, and you, you see the two, three, four, five floats go by and, you know, some people lined up down the road. Well, this is more like Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, okay? It, we're talking huge crowds. Give you an idea. There, there are no 
really reliable estimates as far as the population in those days of, of uh, the city proper, but the estimates are from 80 to 100,000 people living inside the city walls of Jerusalem. But this week, remember, is Passover and two other feasts. So Jews that were scattered all over the world would come back to Jerusalem for this week. If they didn't come to any other feast period, feast time in, in Jerusalem, they came this week. Estimates are for people inside the city during this week range as high as three million. Three million people. So when I say it's a huge crowd, it's a huge crowd. Now, remember that Jesus, the, the time frame here, Jesus had just left the home of Lazarus, the, the man he raised from the dead. He, he was walking from their house to Jerusalem, okay? So the way, the, uh, the, the way it looks, he had just left the home of Lazarus, and it, well, that's about a mile and a half from, from Jerusalem to uh, where Lazarus lived, uh, Bethany. And the scripture tells us that this huge crowd continued to spread and spread the word. And so I kind of envision this. I, you know, they, I think they were going out down that mile and a half stretch of road to see this prophet that had raised a man from the dead. And there's evidence of that. So I, I envision people strung up down both sides of that road for a mile and a half and all into the city. So they weren't, but they weren't just, there were so many people, they, they weren't just lined up and down the side of the road. They, they were standing on rooftops and hanging out of windows and, and uh, backed up in alleys and pushing on one another, I'm sure crowding in just to see, just to see Jesus coming down that road. There was excitement. There was celebration. There was anticipation because he was coming. Where, where do you where do you think this was first prophesied at in the Bible? We know that, and, and I, we probably got as many pastors here tonight as we got guests. <laughs> but we know that Zechariah nine is one place where it comes from. We know that Hosanna comes from Psalm one hundred and eighteen. But you got to go, you got to go a whole lot further back. All the way back to Genesis 49, 10 through 11, when Jacob was blessing his sons. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until tribute comes to him. And to him shall be the obedience of the peoples, binding his foal to the vine and his donkey's coat to the choice vine. He has washed his garments in wine and his vestures in blood of grapes. I said there was more to this event than just 
reflecting the triumphal entry of the Maccabees. So let's look a little further into the passage, the same passage that the crowd is shouting from, Psalm 118. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. If we look at Psalm 118, 19 through 21, we find yet another prophecy fulfilled by Jesus. We're going to be talking about that a little more uh, on another night about all the prophecies fulfilled by Jesus. Psalm 118, 19 through 21. Open for me the gates of the righteous. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. He is coming. He is the gate by which the righteous may enter. He is my salvation. Jesus at this time is also fulfilling, I mentioned earlier, Zechariah 9. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem is also replicating Solomon's triumphal entry when he was enthroned on David's throne. As you may have noticed in, uh, in Matthew's account, his entry, the crowd shouted, Hosanna, the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Secondly, Jesus is fulfilling the prophecy there in, in Zechariah 9 of coming out of the Messiah. But also in John's gospel, we find Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. So he's coming as the son of David. He's coming as the Messiah. And he's coming as the king of Israel. And he is coming again. But how will we know him? I mean, how will we know him? I think, I think most of us, and I know one person in particular in this room is uh, very familiar with the story of Jesus healing the demoniac of the Gerasenes, Mark chapter 5. And I'm going to paraphrase this story very quickly. Jesus says to the disciples, let's get in the boat. Going to the other side. Now, I want you to understand what he's talking about is the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the western shore. Galilee was on the eastern shore of the Sea of Galilee, or the uh, yeah, that's what it was called, the Sea of Galilee. But the Galileans were in you know, Capernaum, and and all those towns were on the eastern shore. That was, that was part of the northern kingdom. The western shore, where they were going, is what's now probably modern-day Jordan, most of it. 
Israel's got the West Bank now, but just beyond the West Bank is Jordan. This area was, was otherwise known in that time as the Decapolis, or the Ten Cities, is what the word means. These cities were all autonomous. They, in other words, they didn't, they didn't come under any of Herod's sons or any Roman governor. They were city-states that were autonomous in the Roman Empire. And, and they were, these cities were the, they were the spot of Greek and Roman culture in that whole region of Mesopotamia. That was, that was the epicenter of Greek and Roman culture in that part of the world. And, uh, I mean, they had, they had theaters there. They had acting. They had plays that went on almost daily. Uh, it, was, it was just the, the cultural center for the Greek and the Roman in that part of the world. So... When Jesus said, let's, let's get in the boat and go to the other side, he, he wasn't talking about just going to another part of Israel. Okay, He's talking about going to another world as far as they were concerned. They, they were mostly pagan societies. And Jesus and his disciples, like I say, they were going really to another world. When they got in the boat and they got over to the other side, immediately the, the guy from the, that was running around naked in the tombs met Jesus at the boat, right, I mean, right there, right then. And Jesus healed him, cast out the demons. Now, this man was obviously in, in mental agony. And he'd, you know, he'd even tried to distract himself by cutting himself with stones, inflicting physical pain on himself. Have you ever had that kind of uh, mental or spiritual agony in your life? I know I have. Well, not the point of cutting myself. Close but not to the point of cutting myself with a stone. But I, I have been in deep, deep spiritual agony. Before I came to know Jesus, I, I literally ached in my stomach with dissatisfaction and discontent. I was never content with anything. It didn't matter. Anything. Have you ever felt that way? I, I was like Solomon in a way. I tried everything under the sun, but didn't find contentment in any of it. It wasn't till, until Christ was in my life that I found contentment. And oh, how sweet it is to turn your eyes upon Jesus. He healed me. He healed that man and he healed me. He can heal you too. 
You know, this man, this man came, came to Jesus and he wanted, he begged Jesus, let me go with you. Let me get in a boat and go with you. Jesus, no, no, can't do that. You go back home and you tell everybody what God has done for you. Now, in my estimation, this was the first missionary to the Gentiles. What I want to focus on in this story is verse 6 of Mark, chapter 5. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. How did he know? How did he know who Jesus was? If you look up right now and you see our Lord coming down that road out there, or coming down that aisle right there, or maybe that aisle over there, would you know him? Will you know him if he comes down that aisle right there? Will you be like Simeon? When, when Joseph and Mary took Jesus to the temple when he was eight days old, just a baby, eight days old, Simeon knew immediately who he was. Immediately upon seeing him, he knew exactly who that was. That was the Messiah, the Son of God. Will you be like that? Will you know him as soon as he comes in that door and walks down that aisle? It comes from Luke chapter 2, verse 25. Simeon knew... Simeon knew even when Jesus was just an eight-day-old infant, he knew that he was the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. He is, he is coming again, you know. And when he comes down that road or down that aisle or that aisle over there, will you be able to recognize him? We all say, oh, yes, I know him. I know him. How? How will you know him? You know, we've all seen uh, some artist's idea of what Jesus looked like. But we've never really seen him. We've never seen him. So how are you going to know him? <clears throat> I ran across this. Will he be a mighty king with a crown on his head or will he be a baby sleeping in a manger for a bed? Will you know him? 1 John chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth, and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. 
Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. If you are from God and you know God, you should not have any difficulty at all recognizing Jesus Christ because whoever has seen me has seen the Father. John 14, 9. Or, if you know the Father, then you will know Jesus. Jesus also said in John 10, 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Let's pray. O oh Lord God of all creation, Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for being our God. Help us, Lord, to know you better. So that, so that we will recognize you when you come. And we know, Lord, you are coming. Give us, Lord, the wisdom and the discernment to understand your word better. So we will, in turn, know you better. Lord, if there is anyone, if there is anyone here tonight, Lord, that does not know you personally, I pray, Lord, for your spirit to fall down and move on. Now, move now, we will be able to introduce that person to you, Lord Jesus. May all that we do and say bring you glory and honor. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Are you a child of God? Do you know him? Will you recognize him when he comes? He is coming. He is coming. Are you one of his sheep? Or are you a goat? I hope you're not a goat. Will he know you? Will he know you? If you're one of his sheep, he'll know you. Will you recognize his voice when he calls? If you don't know him, would you like to meet him? As we sing our closing hymn, when you want to come on, as we sing our, sing our closing hymn, we have lots of ministers here tonight. If anybody needs to pray, needs to speak to anyone, uh, needs to come to meet Jesus, then come on. We'll be ready.